Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelyn Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you and teach you how to desire more as well. Hello and welcome to the podcast today. The title of today's podcast is The Manual. So I want you to think about when you buy a new appliance and you open the box and inside is the owner's manual and it tells you everything you need to know about the machine, like all that good information, what the specs are, how to start it, how to use it, what it's going to do for you, any troubleshooting, all of the things are inside this manual that comes with your machine. It wouldn't be such a good thing if you were to open up the box to your new washing machine and the manual for an oven was inside. It's just not going to be helpful. But you're not going to get upset because your machine doesn't run like an oven, like the manual says it should. You're just going to acknowledge that, oh, this manual doesn't actually belong to this machine. It wasn't written for this machine. Now, most of us, whether we know it or not, have written manuals for the other people in our lives. It's just an instruction guide that we have for them that describes how that person should behave in whatever role they play in our life. So we have one for our parents, for our in-laws, for our spouse, our best friend, our boss, our bishop, and so on. Most of the relationships we enter into, we have a manual of how we think that person should behave in their role. And these manuals have been written by us over the years because of different experiences we have had and observations we have made. By watching how our parents interact with each other, we start to take note of what a good husband should do or what a good wife should do or what they shouldn't do, what a good parent should do. We start to just watch and make these manuals as we start to interact with people in our lives. So we have these manuals in our mind, these ideas of how somebody should behave. Your manual for your husband might include something like, he should bring me flowers randomly. Maybe you have a manual for your sister that says she should call me once a week. Your manual for your friend might say she should bring me dinner when I'm sick. Generally, we have these expectations, these manuals, but we haven't told the other person them because we think they should just know what we expect of them. They should just know that's what a loving husband does. The reason that manuals can be so straining on any relationship is because we are tying our emotional life to whether somebody follows our manual or not. If other people would just behave themselves the way that we would like them to behave, then we get to be happy. In other words, it's the expectations that you have for them that if they meet those, you're going to be able to feel good. When you have a manual for someone, you essentially are handing over all the power and control of your feelings into their hands because it's tied to whether they follow your manual or not. We often don't even realize that we're doing this because we think that the expectations we have for other people are so reasonable and that, of course, they should just behave this way. But remember, adults get to behave however they want. And so do you. So trying to enforce your manual on someone else is never going to work. It's just like trying to use the oven manual to get the most out of your washing machine. It isn't the right manual. Besides, think about yourself. Do you want someone else to force their manual on you? I'm sure many of you have had that experience where someone wants you to behave a certain way that you don't want to, and we just don't like it. 
But the reason we want someone to follow our manual is because we want to feel something. But we know, like logically, we know that our thoughts create our feelings. So when somebody follows our manual, the reason we feel good isn't because of what they've done. The reason we feel good is because we have thoughts like, oh, they love me or they respect me or they value me. When they don't follow our manual, we just make it mean the opposite. They don't love me. They don't respect me. They only care about themselves and all of these other things. And then we feel terrible. We want to believe this lie that another person's behavior is what creates our feelings. We want to think that we feel bad because they aren't following our manual, but that is the lie. It's our thoughts that are creating our feelings. And we're just giving that power to them over our feeling. It's not whether they follow our manual or not. It's just what we think about it. So here's an example. A woman had a manual for her mother-in-law. And part of her manual was that her mother-in-law would babysit her children. She felt like a good mother-in-law calls and offers to take somebody's kids at least once a week so that the mother could have a break. Now, she actually never told her mother-in-law that this was her expectation. She just thought, of course, she should know this. But after a while of this not happening, she finally had her husband approach his mother and tell her that this was what a good grandma was supposed to do. Now, his mother told him that she actually really loved spending time with her grandchildren, but that she had other things in her life that she enjoyed and were a really positive part of her everyday life that she didn't want to have to give up to babysit every week. She was willing to do it sometimes, but not every week. Now, the daughter-in-law was super upset and offended by her mother-in-law because the mother-in-law didn't follow the manual she had written for her. And the daughter-in-law felt like, obviously, she does not love her grandchildren and she doesn't care about having a relationship with them. The manual that the daughter-in-law wrote for her mother-in-law ended up making the mother-in-law the bad guy. And my guess is that the grandma actually probably loved her grandchildren and cared about having a relationship with them. I don't think she said no because she had negative feelings about her grandchildren. I think she said no because she had positive feelings about her life and how she wanted it to be. And the daughter-in-law could have had such a different relationship with her mother-in-law, but she was so attached to her manual that it created all this frustration in her and she ended up having a very strong dislike for her mother-in-law instead. So I think you should just throw out the manual that you have for people. Allow them to be themselves and just love them as they are for who they are. You can go ahead and make requests of people, but don't tie your happiness to whether they comply or not. So in the case of the mother-in-law, this woman could have ended all the frustration by deciding that her mother-in-law could act however she wanted to as her children's grandmother. And I know this kind of sounds funny. It's like we're giving her permission to be the person she already is. But in reality, this daughter-in-law was just giving herself permission to stop trying to control the mother-in-law. So she could have even decided to get more curious about the type of woman her mother-in-law really was instead of trying to make her be the woman she wanted her to be. Or she could have decided to love and just enjoy her exactly as she is. Now, again, she can make requests of her mother-in-law if she wants. But she doesn't have to hang her happiness on whatever action her mother-in-law decides to take. And she doesn't have to make her saying no mean that she doesn't love her or her children. She could take the responsibility for her own happiness instead of trying to control her mother-in-law to make her be happy. Now, it's okay if this woman decides that she wants to be disappointed when her mother-in-law says no to watching her children. 
it's okay for you to decide you want to be disappointed when your husband doesn't do something you think he should do. But you just need to own the fact that you are choosing to be disappointed. The truth is, although someone else's actions don't create our feelings, our thoughts do, you don't have to be happy about their actions all the time. But you do want to take responsibility for your feelings. I'm disappointed because I wanted my mother-in-law to watch my kids. I recognize that I'm creating that feeling by what I'm making this all mean. But I'm still going to choose to be disappointed right now. And then just let yourself feel that feeling for a little while. Just don't get caught up in the lie that to be happy, they needed to follow your manual and that you're disappointed because they didn't. Just remind yourself, I'm just choosing this right now and that's okay. Often the manuals we hold onto the tightest are the ones that we have for our closest relationships. Our spouse, our children, siblings, parents, in-laws, our closest friends. And the reason we hold onto these so tight is because their actions seem to affect us so much more. So when we're trying to control others to control our happiness, these people are the first in line for our thickest manuals. And we can feel really attached to them. But if you want to have the best relationships, you're going to want to throw those manuals away. I know for me, I want someone to want to be in a relationship with me as I am, not as some version of me that they think is better and that's who I should be. Now, I hear some of you saying, so I should just let my husband sit around and play video games or watch sports and never have him lift a finger in my home? Listen, I want you to make requests all day long. And I'm not talking about nagging in a way to be manipulative. Just make requests. And then you get to decide what you want to make his response mean. You don't have to be happy with him opting out of any help. You can be disappointed. And you can choose if this is a marriage you actually want to be in. You could also let yourself off the hook a little bit. You don't have to do everything because you've got to make up for his lack of effort. Be really honest with yourself. Do the dishes actually have to be done right now? If not, why don't you sit down and watch a show? And here's a quick side note. Just because you decide to throw out the manual for someone, meaning you're going to stop trying to make them be someone they're not, doesn't mean you stay in situations that are unsafe or that you stay with people who refuse to live in a way that aligns with your values or your goals. Throwing out the manual doesn't mean you have to put up with someone else's bad behavior. It simply means you no longer try to make them behave in any way to make you happy. You take responsibility for all your own feelings and you let them be them. Trying to control someone else is never going to work. But don't get the idea that I'm telling you that throwing out the manual means you're going to stay in a relationship that isn't good for you. I know someone who decided in high school that they didn't like the choices their friends were making. So instead of trying to manipulate their friends to act differently and behave differently, they just found new friends. So it wasn't that they weren't friendly with their friends anymore, but they didn't hang out with them anymore. Now, maybe you're not exactly sure what a manual would look like or sound like. So here's some examples of statements that you would find in somebody's manual. She should tell me how hot I look. He should listen to me for as long as I listen to him. She should invite me when she plans a girl's night out. He should buy me something special and unexpected for my birthday. She should have sex with me whenever I want it. He should help me get the kids ready for church. She should watch the shows I watch. He should spend less time at work. She should take my advice. He shouldn't watch so much sports. 
She should make the bed. He should take out the garbage. She should make my lunch. He should be in charge of bedtime. She shouldn't be late. He should know what I like. There's nothing wrong with this list until you tie your happiness to it or try to make somebody act how you want them to act. Like you can keep all of those thoughts if you want, but just know if you're tying your own happiness to it, it's a bad idea. And I want you to know that I think men feel like women have these huge thick manuals and that men don't have manuals at all. Or if they do, they're really these tiny little things. It's not true. Everybody does this. It is just human nature to do this. And we all have them. Your husband, your friends, your parents, they have manuals for you as well. And sometimes you're going to live in line with that manual and life's going to feel so good and peaceful. Like when I'm in line with my husband's manual, everything feels great. And the reason that I'm usually in line with his manual is it's because it's something I think I should do, or it's a way that I feel like I should be. But sometimes his manual for me does not match up with my manual for me. And I know from my own experience that I don't like being held to someone else's manual. I don't like feeling the pressure to do for them what they have decided I should do. And I hate that feeling that I'm in charge of their feelings. And if I don't do this, they're going to be upset. It's just so much pressure. I've also learned that when someone doesn't want to follow your manual, it really isn't personal. And I need this reminder a lot because I haven't totally tossed out all my manuals yet. It can feel so personal to me, but it's about them, not me, not you. It isn't a sign of how much they love you or not. And I know this because there have been a few things in Jared's manual for me that I don't want to do. Not because I don't love him. It's not because I'm unwilling to serve him in lots of different ways. It's just because it's something that I don't care about or I'm just really unwilling to do. So I don't say no because I have some negative feeling about him. I say no because of my feelings for myself. But we tell ourselves that if someone loves us enough, they'll overcome anything to do for us what we want. It's such a terrible expectation. This idea that their love for us should mean more than their own happiness or comfort all the time, every day. Of course, we want to sacrifice in our marriage because that does strengthen our marriage. But a marriage is about two people working to progress together and as individuals, not two people who come together to lose themselves forever. Hanging your entire marriage on whether your spouse takes the garbage out or not is a bad idea. Or deciding that your spouse doesn't love you because they won't do every little thing you ask is so unrealistic. Or Discounting everything else they do because they're not doing this one thing. It's just not fair. Besides, the belief that your manual for someone else is the right way for them to be is so arrogant. And I've been caught in this my whole life. But why is it that I think I know what's best? Like, what if I'm wrong about that? I know some of you are saying, why is it always up to me then to do the things that neither of us want to do? Maybe it's changing a baby's diaper or cleaning up the dog poo in the yard or having that really intense talk with your teenager. I know it can feel unfair, but it helps if you start by being honest with yourself. You actually don't have to change the baby's diaper or clean up the dog poo or have that talk with your teenager. Neither of you have to do it. So just be honest. 
Neither of us want to do this and neither of us have to do this. And then ask yourself, even if I don't really want to do this, is there enough reason to compel me to do it anyway? Maybe you care about the state of your baby's bottom. And so you're going to change that diaper. Maybe you hate stepping in dog poo, so you're going to clean it up. Maybe it's important to you that that teenager has somebody who listens to them. And maybe none of that's important to your husband. So if there is a good reason for you to do the thing that neither of you really want to do, why not just go do it? You can make it mean that your husband doesn't love or support you, or you can decide it's all good. I'm going to take care of it because I care about this. And you can decide that you'll do these things because you're so good at it, maybe. Just decide. I seem to be super good at this, so I'm going to do it. You can decide that you do these things as a gift to yourself. You could decide, I do this because I love you, husband, and I do this because I love me. And something that I have been guilty of is I take this problem that I have, this task that needs to be completed, and instead of just focusing on how to take care of it, I use it to create a ton of friction between my husband and myself. And then I've made the task 10 times harder on myself. If you really want something done by someone else, first ask yourself, why are you unwilling to do it? Is it really fair of me to require someone else to do something that I'm unwilling to do? And you might justify it with this, well, that's his responsibility, or that's what a husband should do, or that's what a mother should do. So when you look at what you want to have happen and how you don't really want to do it, it can give you compassion for why your husband doesn't want to do it either. Now, I recognize that there are times where there are things that only one person can do. I remember calling an internet company about something one time, but because it was all under my husband's name, they wouldn't even talk to me. So that left it up to him to take care of. But most of the time, this isn't the case. Most of the time, we have the expectation that someone else will do it, and we're hoping they're going to do it because we don't want to. Now, instead of focusing so much of your energy trying to get other people to follow the manual you've created for them, you're better off to focus on your own manual. Now, I think many of us have unconscious manuals we have written for ourselves based on what we think we should be doing not based on who we really are, what our talents are, and who we really want to be. So oftentimes our own manuals are not helpful to us either. But remember, you get to be the author of that manual. You have the power to change it up if you want. My manual used to have pages and pages of how my house should look every day. Now, I don't think it was an impossible standard, as in, I am sure some other mother with seven kids has done what I thought I should be able to do. But with my kids... Sometimes homeschooling, running kids to therapy appointments, trying to raise people, my husband off doing medical school. My standard of order was absolutely outrageous for my life. But those pages of my manual, I just kept taking them and hitting myself over the head day after day with these pages of this is how this should be. And I felt so insufficient because my manual was also something I used to control my emotions. Like, if Jared followed my manual, I could be happy. If I followed my manual that I'd written for myself, I had permission to actually feel good about myself. But my standards were so unrealistic that my manual ended up creating more low self-esteem for me than anything else. Over time, I have slowly ripped out certain pages of my manual. 
I like my house to be orderly, but it is never perfect. Never. There's a lot of people that live here and visit here. And once I separated my self-esteem from the state of my house, I have been so much happier. Which makes me think that if I separate my happiness from my husband following my manual, he's probably going to feel happier and me too. So take some time to focus on your own manual. Take responsibility for your behavior and who you want to be. There's a line of thinking in the world and in modern therapy that likes the idea of a husband and wife sitting down and each one listing off their needs. And as they share these needs with their spouse, the spouse is going to try and meet those needs. I think you want to be very careful and recognize that this is a manual in disguise. I think it's fine to make requests like, hey, I'd love time to connect with you. Would you be willing to go on a date with me every Friday? But again, don't make your happiness hang on him meeting your need for connection or agreeing. In general, I think we actually are responsible for meeting our own needs. And when we're in a relationship with someone who expects us to fulfill all their needs, we're now in a situation where not only do we have to take care of ourselves, but we have to take care of somebody else. And if both partners feel like they're constantly responsible for the other one's needs, it can feel like this constant manipulation. It's just tiring and very ineffective. So I'm not saying to stop this if this works in your marriage, but be careful that you aren't writing a manual for your spouse and then making them agree to it in the name of meeting your needs. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about manuals and the role of parents or employers. So as a parent, you get to set expectations and house rules. If you are the boss or a manager somewhere, you also get to set expectations in the workplace. This is different than a manual, but it's only different than a manual if your feelings aren't attached to it. So, for example, if you set a curfew for your teenagers, it's like you have to be home by midnight and they don't come home on time. You may have a consequence for them being late, which is your job and your right as their parent. Now, it's different if you take it very personally that they're late. They don't respect me. It hurts my feelings so much because they're so disobedient. That's a manual now, right? It's the manual that my teenager should never be late. So make your rules in your home or at work. You can enforce them, but do your best to keep your emotions untied from them because then you've got a manual. Now, how do manuals affect desire, especially sexual desire? Remember, the best sex in the world is going to come from high sexual autonomy and freedom. Manuals are not free. They are cages. They are boundaries that say, here is my expectation of you husband or wife when it comes to sex. And if you don't meet my expectations, I can't be happy. This is a recipe for low sexual desire and low intimacy. So here are some examples of manual statements people have for their sexual relationship. She should want to have sex with me whenever I ask. He shouldn't ask for sex every day. She should initiate sex more. He should not be able to keep his hands off me. Or he should keep his hands off me when the kids are in the room. He or she should feel the same as I do about sex. She should know what I want. He should know where to touch me. And the list just goes on and on. And none of these are helpful thoughts. If you have the courage, and trust me, it takes courage. 
throw out your manual for your spouse and how they should behave in your sexual relationship if what you've written in that manual is not working so well right now. Again, look at your own manual for you. What parts of it are you willing to change or reconsider to create more desire or more intimacy? What would you be willing to add? What needs to go? I know for many women, and I assume maybe for men as well, we don't have very helpful stories in our manuals about what we should or shouldn't do when it comes to sex. Ideas like, I should want to have more sex, or I shouldn't say no, or I'm not sexy. These thoughts that you tell yourself are going to decrease your desire. And this goes for all other desires as well. If you're busy trying to live within a manual that you've written for yourself that says, I can't do that, or I'm not brave enough, or I'm just not that kind of woman, or I should just be content with what I have right now or who I am right now. I shouldn't do anything that takes time away from my children or my husband ever. If that's the manual you've written, you are going to squash your desire. It's going to make it hard for you to try new things or to even expand on what you're already doing. And if you're trapped in your own unrelenting manual and at the same time trying to live up to the manual your mother has for you, your husband or your kids have for you or your boss, you won't ever be able to access desire because the only desire you're really honoring is the one where you tell yourself you have to make everybody happy and follow their manuals. So I want you to get brave. Throw out the manual. Remind yourself you are only the expert on yourself. And truly, many of us are still learning how to be the expert on ourselves. And here we think we can be experts of other people. You can't run a washing machine with a manual for your oven. Let other people write their own manuals. Your job is to just let people be themselves and love them as themselves. See you next week. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jamelandstephancoaching.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at jamelandstephancoaching.